0: going Linux episode 374 snaps flat packs and app images welcome to the going Linux podcast I'm your host Larry Bushy and I'm your co-host Bill whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux.
1: We hope that you find this and all episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
0: In today's episode, Snaps, flat Packs, and App Images. A not-so-deep dive.
1: No, this is Overview.
0: Hi, Bill. How are you?
1: I'm good, Larry. How's your week been?
0: My week's been great. I hear you've been toying around with a new distro. Big surprise.
1: (laughs) It's not really a new distro. It's just a... uh,
0: New to you, distro. (laughs)
1: Yeah, new to me, distro. It it was called Fedora Silverblue. And I was uh, intrigued by some of the technologies. I so,
0: hear you talking in past tense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> continue, please. Yes.
1: So I decided um, I'll run it for a week. It's really cool technologies. It's uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, well, it's a lot different. But... It's got some great ideas and that they're working on, like an immutable file system, which is just read-only. You can't write to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you use a lot of flat packs. And if you do need a program, they call that package layering. And every time you add a layer to it that's not a flat pack, you have to restart it because it rebuilds the base system with those packages on top.
0: Ah, I see. So it it kind of takes a snapshot of your system yeah. after you've yeah. installed something.
1: Yeah, and then after you've um, got everything you want installed, you reboot it, it builds a new image, and you can boot into it. The cool part about it is if you get in there and say, oh, I don't like this, then all you have to do is reboot back into your other image, and boom, you're right back to where you were. So it's, it's really like... Uh, this is a pristine system and now this is a system with your applications layer. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to layer a lot of applications on top because if you are doing one's or twosies, you're going to be doing lots of reboots because every one of those is a new layer which means it's a new version of it. But it's 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 really cool technology. Uh, it would be I think great if you're have if you're in a school uh, and you have a bunch of, and you know you have a bunch of computers that are all the same computers because everybody gets the same base image. Mm-hmm. And then you can just layer layer your your packages on top that you need or use flat packs to get them, and you're good. And, say, one of the little uh, minions gets in there and decides to install a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, programs. It's just a matter of restarting uh, the system back in and select the old image. So it's really cool. Uh, I think it's – geared more toward the, uh, like, enterprise and uh, for deployments, like, in schools and stuff like that. So, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. It sounds so like it. So, I gave, yeah,
1: it was rock solid, nothing bad to say about it. It just took a little bit uh, of work. I I don't, if, if you want to try something different, I encourage you to. I was running a Fedora 30 regular, uh, so I could kind of compare apples to apples. And uh, they um and they both worked well. Uh it's it just it was real easy with the uh the uh, Fedora you just do, you know, the DNF, whatever, and install your your pro, uh program uh, like you would, you know, right from the repositories. You can see, but there you know, so it it's it's a different me- uh process and mentality with Silverblue. but it's not outrageous. It was a it was it was good. I enjoyed it for a little over a week. Then uh, one of my favorite distros, even though you know we still have questions about it and stuff. Uh, Deep End released a new uh, version, and of course the distro hopper and me said absolutely, and I installed it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so. Bye but bye I'm bye still Silver running Blue. it. For...
1: <laughs> no, yeah, bye bye Silverblue. But just to uh, let you know, I am still running the fedora 30 workstation uh on my test machine and it runs really well and i, I like nice. it and i really don't have any plans it's it's survived about three weeks which is a record so yeah yeah, yeah
0: that's and good. i've got
1: things good. set up set up so i i like it it's nice to actually be able to look at different packages and stuff and i've kind of using the uh my 30 uh, my fedora 30 workstation as a uh uh, like a, you know, I need to hold these, uh, you know, ISO images or whatever, or these uh, files that I just want to make sure I have. It it's just it does works great. I you know, um, I'm sharing the internet connection from my main machine over to um, the test machine uh, via uh, Ethernet. Oh, you know, if I get the wireless my, from the laptop, and I I've just ordered. Um, you sent me that link about the dongle. Uh, for the
0: uh, yeah, the,
1: the Wi-Fi. So I got a couple of those ordered, and then it, so yeah, it's it's been rock solid. I'm really am impressed with 30. They did a nice job. So that is a bit of non Ubuntu uh, uh, news.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad yeah. uh, Server Blue was uh, good enough for you to try and seemed to have some advantages. Sounds though like it was a bit more work than we would like for a distribution that we could recommend to somebody new, although I think it has the potential of doing something really yeah. good.
1: Fedora Silverblue is still being developed. Okay. Um, It's, and they tell you right up front, they make no bones about, it, hey, we're developing this technology. So, I'm not going to judge it, um, well, even if I did judge it, I'd give it a passing grade. It's just a little bit, um, Coming from a, a a Debian, Ubuntu, or even a Fedora uh, stock background, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It's not hard. It has some really cool features, but it wouldn't be fair to say Silverblue was horrible because it wasn't. It was. It worked really well. Right now, in its current state, it wouldn't be as easy to install and get set up. As a, a say, a bunch mate or uh manjaro or stock of fedora. So, you know, with that caveat, we got we got you know, little quirks and you know, learning processes aside. So, fedora silver blue is a great, uh, I would say, technology preview. Um, and could I do it work? Uh, yeah, I used it to write this or help put this article together. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it worked perfectly. I got everything I needed. So let's, I'm not harshing on Fedora. floor. Actually, I, I'm singing their praises. I really enjoy it. Um, and uh, I got to kind of see where their, their ideas are. So anyway, uh, that little mini ran aside, I didn't want anybody to think that I was harshing on. I in, quite enjoyed it because I, I sent you messages back and forth. I talked to yeah. you, uh, door to door geek about it and it, it for the first you know five days i was just totally enthralled about how this thing worked and it runs so fast it didn't use a lot of memory you know so if you didn't know any better uh and you had fedora machines you could say a silver blue uh fedora 30 workstation and a uh, silver blue fedora 30 workstation if you didn't tell them and you had everything installed, you'd never know the difference
0: Hmm. interesting well sounds like for the uh geekier of our uh, audience uh, might be something they'd want to check out
1: yeah today Larry we're going to be talking about snaps flat packs and app images we've been hearing about these technologies but what are they Uh, but most important is what can they do for us Uh, Larry I I know that you do a lot of reading so do you know uh, anything about them from what you've heard or read
0: yeah, I've I've heard a few things. I've read a few things. I've heard some things on podcasts. And so here's what I know about them, or at least okay. some subset of what I know about them, or at least what I think I know about them. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. we'll find out. So all three of these uh methods of packaging software applications, all three of them. Um, package them in a way that is designed to be used across different Linux distributions. They offer alternatives to the native packaging methods particular to a Linux distribution. For example, Debian based distributions typically use packages that end in.deb or deb. Many Red Hat Linux derivatives use RPM packages so their files end in .rpm some distributions that are not derivatives of Red Hat also use RPM package format an example is SUSE Linux there are also pac-man packages pup and pet packages used by puppy Linux PKG packages ebuild packages and many others the difference with snaps flat packs and app images is that they're each an attempt to make a somewhat of a universal packaging system. In addition, each provides some level of isolation or sandboxing from each of the other applications that you've installed and from other software that you've installed in the normal way uh, using your regular package manager. Each also ensures that all of the dependencies are included. Some ensure this by including all dependencies within the package itself. This likely makes each package larger than it might otherwise be. Others include only the dependencies that you haven't already installed with other packages using that packaging method, whether that is snaps or flat packs or app images. So there you go.
1: Okay, so a simple yes would have worked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: uh sorry, I could say we could delete all that and re-record and I could say yes. <laughs> no. So
1: we want to give you the general idea of what they are. Another thing is that we're not going to get into any of the politics of which one is best. That will be for you to decide. So as we talk about Snap's Flatback Snap images, we're not going to be digging very deeply into the nuts and bolts of the inner workings because it's, it's amazingly complex. Uh it's not hard, it's just complex. Uh and it's well beyond the scope of what we're trying to do by by letting the listeners know about these exciting technologies and how they could help us just to get things done on Linux. If you want to learn even more, we have links in the show notes that listeners can use to even to get even more in depth. It's all very interesting, but some might find it a little too geeky uh, for their taste, and that's okay too. So, the first one we're going to talk about is snaps. Snaps are application images for desktop, cloud, and the Internet of Things. These are easy to install, secure, cross-platform, and dependency-free. A snap is a bundle of your app and its dependencies that work without modification across many different Linux distributions. Snappy is the software deployment and package management system developed by Canonical for the Linux operating system. These packages are called snaps. And the tool for using them, SnapD, works across a range of Linux distributions, allowing distro-agnostic upstream software packaging. Snappy was originally designed for the now-defunct Ubuntu Touch, and they just
0: repurposed it. Okay, so that we can understand a little bit more, let's explain some of the terms that you'll hear us use. So IoT is Internet of Things. And what that is, is appliances and utilities and things like that, that allow you to connect devices of various kinds to the internet. Things like light switches or refrigerators or dishwashers or even voice recognition devices uh, and things like that. So things as opposed to proper computers that are used for computing kinds of things uh, cross-platform that means that if something is cross-platform it can work on different operating systems or different hardware platforms Squash FS. that's a compressed read-only file system for linux which is used as a file system in snaps sandboxing So sandboxing is a software management strategy that isolates applications from critical system resources and other programs. It provides an extra layer of security that prevents malware or harmful applications from negatively affecting your system. Snapcraft. It's the tool used to create snaps. XDG-app or XDG-app. That's what flat packs used to be called when they were first created. Uh, container. Think of this as a box with everything you need to run the application inside the box. Docker. Docker is a tool designed to make it easier to create, deploy, and run applications by using containers containers allow a developer to package up an application with all of the parts it needs such as libraries and other dependencies and ship it out all as a single package
1: the one thing about docker is that it is mainly used on servers that that's the one uh kind of difference and you'll mm-hmm. see uh, as we go through what uh how that's used. We'll touch on just briefly, but just know if you hear Docker, it's usually used on a server. So, Larry, I got this article from It's False, and this link is in the show notes, and I could not have said it any better uh, on the advantages of snaps. And it goes Snaps are easier to create and manage for developers, snaps are easier to create and contain all the dependencies and libraries needed to run which also means the application uses the latest libraries and do not face any dependency issues the automatic updates updates to snap are delivered automatically on a daily basis and reaches out to everyone uh, irrespective of their base os one snap for everything be it desktop server or cloud different releases the availability so a snap can be maintained in a stable release a beta release or daily build at the same time and you can switch between these uh, whenever you want the snaps security snaps run in a sandbox environment so it's isolated from the rest of your system and some of the people using uh, snaps are spotify microsoft google and mozilla so that's a basic of uh, the, the, the benefits of SNAPS. Mm-hmm. So the next one we're going to talk about is Flatpak, And you might be wondering, what are some of the differences between the two? Let's take a look. But first, a little background, as we know from the documentation that Canonical was behind SNAPS. Flatpaks was developed by Alex Larson, who is a senior software engineer at Red Hat.
0: Right. And I guess snaps are the ones I'm most familiar with because I'm kind of on Debian platforms as a general rule. But according to the documentation, flat packs seem to be more focused on the desktop, and the information page says that they're not really good for server use. But snaps started for server use for deployment of applications and also work well for the desktop. Here is the exact quote from flatpak faq can flatpak be used on servers too flatpak is designed to run inside a desktop session and relies on certain session services such as dbus session bus and optionally a systemd dash dash user instance this makes flatpak not a good match for a server
1: They also go on to say the following, is Flatpak a container technology? And they write, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Since a desktop application would require extensive changes in order to the usability when run inside a container, you will likely see Flatpak mostly deployed as a convenient library bundling technology early on, with the sandboxing and containerization being phased in over time for most applications. In general, we try to avoid using the term container when speaking about Flatpak, as it tends to cause comparisons with Docker and RKT, comparisons which quickly stop making technical sense due to the very different problem spaces these technologies try to address, and thus we Prefer using the term sandboxing. So what they're trying to say is that they kind of see flat packs as a bundling technology and not really a container. Uh, mm-hmm. Docker is a container used for uh, delivering applications of, of, of big deployments or smaller deployments. Um, so they're they're making a uh, saying, "Hey, you know, you're not, uh, you know." That's not how we kind of see flat packs, but if you remember what snaps was uh snaps started on server, but they also can be on desktop and in another things so there's there a little difference
0: right yeah i I see flat packs as trying to solve the problem of installing software on a running desktop uh I see yeah. docker as a solution. I've never used docker, uh but I see from what I've heard about it that it is more of a um And it, creating a, an isolated environment that allows you to, maybe you can, you know, bundle up some way of installing software, but it's more generally used to do things like um, create an entire server inside of a Docker uh, environment that then you can have people log into as we're a regular computer. That's our regular server. That's kind of what I see Docker's strength as. Uh,
1: the way I understand Docker is that Docker uh, is very useful for like cloud deployments. Yes, so they, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So Docker is well beyond. We wanted you to know what Docker was, but uh, if you're just using a desktop to get your work done, surf the internet and play some games, you're not really going to run into having to know a lot about Docker. But right. it, when, but if someone says, hey, have you heard about this? You say, oh, yeah, I know what Docker is.
0: Okay. So let's move on. The last one we're going to talk about is app images. Bill, why don't you start this one off?
1: Oh, thanks, Larry. Uh, you're so
0: you're welcome, Bill.
1: <laughs> Even though I wrote that into the script.
0: I know. I read it just like you wrote it, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you might or might not have heard of this one. According to the introduction, AppImages are the following. AppImage provides a way for upstream developers to provide native binaries for Linux users just the same way they could do for other operating systems. It allows packaging applications for any common Linux-based operating system. Uh, Some examples are Ubuntu, Debian, OpenSUSE, RHEL, uh, CentOS, and Fedora. App images come with all dependencies that cannot be assumed to be part of each target system in a recent enough version and will run on most Linux distributions without further modifications.
0: Right. And app images are designed from the ground up to run without super user permissions. So almost all major distributions are compatible with App images without requiring the user to make modifications to their base system. App images ship with their own runtime and don't require external resources if packaged properly. Students in university labs, for instance, can simply put an app image on a USB stick and use it normally on any machine. I read in researching this a little bit myself that app images used to be called. Uh, portable apps for Linux or something like that. And and that description for students putting them on USB sticks, uh, that's exactly what portable apps were designed for when they were first introduced for Windows.
1: Yeah, Well, I like app image because it just sounds uh, uh, better than the portable programs for Linux. It's easier yes. to say also. Yep. But I actually tried this. So what I did is there uh, there is a program called ClipGrab, That allows you to, uh, if you're on uh, YouTube, you can say, "Oh, I really want to show someone this," Uh, so it'll let you download the uh, video and audio, and then you can just, uh, you know, put it on a USB stick, or you can attach it to an email, you can drop it on Dropbox and provide a link. Say, "Hey, check out this cool YouTube video I found." So, I used it on uh, Ubuntu. Uh, I used it on uh, silver blue, and I used it on this deep end uh, links, which is a Debian-based system. And then I, I copied the app image to a, uh, a USB drive, popped it into my Fedora 30 workstation. And was able to run it on it without any modifications. I was able to run it from the USB. I was able to run it from this hard drive. So it, it was really easy. So it does work. Mm-hmm. It works well. After saying all that, app images are really simple to understand. Each app image is a regular file. And every app image contains exactly one app with all its dependencies. Once the app image is made executable... A user can just run it, either by double-clicking it on their desktop environments, file manager, or by running it from the console.
0: So, now that we've covered the very, very basics of snaps, flat packs, and app images, you might be confused on which one to use. As a user of <laughs> Linux, to get things done, the easiest answer is is to use the one that is natively supported by your Linux distribution of choice. Whether it's Arch, OpenSUSE, Ubuntu, Fedora, etc. The nice thing is if you want, you can install, support, or use all of them.
1: So each of these technologies have extensive how-tos on getting them set up for your use. And we've included a lot of the links in our show notes. So if you are wanna install Flatpaks on Ubuntu, you will be able to find it, it's, it's very simple, and then you're able to use them. But as, like Larry said, if you don't really care where it's coming from, Ubuntu comes with native uh, support since like 1604 for snaps, just use snaps. If you're on Fedora, they like Flatpaks, and if you, but if you wanna snap, You can use it. the 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 program parity is pretty close. I mean, you can usually find what you need, unless you're going really exotic or some weird program that only like two people use, but for some reason still maintained. So, yeah.
0: So it it sounds from the description like AppImage because it's something that uh, it's been around a while and it has everything packaged into a single runtime. Uh, file, uh, it sounds like it's the one that'll probably run on every Linux out there, but you're reliant on a very big package that sits there, and it's open source, so you can go and look at it, but it's uh, uh, it just sounds too much like a, a Windows EXE to me.
1: Yeah, because um, you can get an app image... Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's a page that someone has said, hey, these are the app images. That's one of the, uh, you know, I would say not drawbacks, but concerns is that you, if someone wanted to be malicious, uh, even though it doesn't touch your system, you know, you're still running it on your system. So, When you look at that, you kind of got to be careful about with app images, unless you're making one for yourself and you you have a bunch of systems you want to run it on. Snaps have that central uh, repository, for no better word, uh, run by Canonical. So you kind of know where things are coming from. And Flatpaks also have a a repository called Flat Hubs. But the way I believe it's written is that you can have multiple... Flatpak repositories from different people. If you wanted to create a, a, f- a Flatpak repository for you and your friends, Larry, you could. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that being said, um, a quick bit of trivia, just because it's fun. When, uh, you know, Alex Larson's from Sweden, and when they were looking for a name to rena- to, to rename the... Uh, flat packs from. Let me make sure I get this right. From the XDG-APP or XDG app, they were looking for a name that would be easier to, to say and to also remember, and they they found it. But you know where you got the idea?
0: Trivia. I don't have any idea.
1: <laughs> well, IKEA. It was kind of a nod to his his home culture
0: because uh, okay. they, f- yes. they ship everything furniture in furniture is called a flat pack. Got it. Yes. Everything you need to build a desk or a chair or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so oh, I get it. It's,
1: it. It was a cool piece of trivia. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, it was very clever, but uh, I don't know. It, that really has nothing to do with what it is, but I just thought you'd enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I did. Okay, so flat packs are the IKEA packages of the internet software. <laughs> okay, there you go. We could have said that, and that would be a great description. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, and uh, IKEA is not sponsoring this. <laughs> no, this yeah, episode. It, it,
0: flat packs for Linux have nothing to do with IKEA. So there you go. Well, Bill, thanks for putting this uh, episode together, and fa- thanks for doing all the research into this. You certainly saved me a lot of time. I've learned something in the process that is, I really don't want to know more about these things. I just want them to work. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I think your advice of just using the one that is natively supported is the best advice, but you don't have to be afraid of any of these technologies. If you, you know, you just, you know, have to be a, um, a person that just wants to get things done on Linux. And it's just nice to see that we have these technologies that are coming to make things even easier. Uh, you know, I, I, I have Spotify. It was just so nice to download it as a snap or a flat pack and boom, done. Um, but, you know, that's just me, but I just want everybody to know. So when you hear these terms, it, it all it means is it's just another way to get the applications you want.
0: Yep. There you go. So thanks again, Bill. Um, Our next episode will be listener feedback. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe to our podcast. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com.
0: Until next time, thanks for listening.
1: 73.
0: The music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.